1: How to build a leadership legacy that lasts. That is the topic of the hour. Hello, good day, greetings, ciao, namaste, and salams to peeps from all around the world. Welcome to the live. Now, this particular series is called Impact 2.0 Show, where we feature purpose-led leaders who are making a meaningful impact through their work and touching and changing lives of many. Stick around till the end and I promise you that you'll walk away with at least one if not more practical yet scrumptious takeaways from each of these live sessions like an ice cream sundae topped with heavy whipped cream, melted dark chocolate and a dash of gold dust. But most importantly if you turn up live you'll get a chance to ask each guest questions that are bugging you like an itch that can't be scratched. Now my today's guest consults with the Fortune 500 to help better engage and retain their employees by utilizing the Harrison Assessments Team Paradox Analysis. She's also also currently working on a book, which we'll get to find out later uh, in the show what it's about. Angela says how you are affects how others go into the world. So will you please put your virtual hands together to welcome my fantabulous guest, Angela Rao? Thank you, Amber. What a welcome. Thank
0: you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And I want to do a shout out to Daniel, your son, who's doing technology. So uh, (laughs) in London, I appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you. We've got uh, Angie joining us already, saying excited for this (laughs) conversation. I love her. She's amazing
0: (laughs) leader. She needs to be on here.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So now now we know I was actually was going to ask you at the end of this live, who do you think I should be into? But you've already mentioned. Oh, you've already got her.
0: So It's a must. And we'll go into all the details why. So she truly Angie and I just worked together um, and she was the VP of operations at LeaderCast when I was fortunate to be leading the organization. So it's terrific. Oh,
1: awesome, awesome. So I shall get back in touch with you. <laughs> exactly. <After this> live. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, um, Angela, before we get into the cheese and cracker of this conversation, we are going to start off the show with a quick fire round. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Awesome. Right. What's something that everyone else seems to love that you don't understand? <laughs> oh my gosh. I had one guest saying music. She's like, I hate
0: music. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, I love music. I'm sitting here because I'm so um I try to experience all things. So um even horrible exercises people don't like. They don't like burpees. I love them, but don't make me do too many. Okay, yeah. here's I just thought of it for yeah. CrossFit when you have to jump on the box. I yeah. don't get it. I know it's great for your body, but I'm scared I'm going to break my teeth and fall. So that's the only one I could really
1: come up with. <laughs> that would do. That would do. Hey, Matt. Matt just joined us. <laughs> Hello from North Carolina. Good to see you, Matt. Hi, Matt. Uh, if you could read one book over and over for the rest of your life, what would it be? Wow. I I have read
0: uh, or listened to nine books over the last few weeks. And, uh, geez, can I have three? (laughs) Okay. So I've got A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, um, More Myself by Alicia Keys, because I think it's so important about um, finding your authentic self. mm -hmm. And and that is just so important. And then probably Dare to Lead by uh, Brene Brown. Oh, yeah, of course.
1: All right, we've got three instead of one, you know. <laughs> I make my own rules. This is my leadership, Amber. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> like All what's right. happening? What's the best advice you've ever been given? Ugh.
0: Don't Uh, I had a right after I went through a divorce and became a single parent, I had the great fortune of working for a single father who told me to never compromise your child and your parenting role in this job or any other job. And it wasn't just because that seems intuitive, but I think Mm. in the working world for single parents in particular, it's hard because there's a lot of pressure in many ways to not be focused on what everybody else is thinking about you. And I guess, Amber, that was not only advice, but in a way, it sounds bizarre, someone giving you permission to, Mm. to stay founded in the most important thing, which is our children and our family.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that one because uh, I mean, what you said, you know, giving yourself permission because a lot of times we know as parents, we know we want to put kids first, but then work situations, all these challenges come in between where we're not able um, to follow through, but like, you know, your employer who understands this is, is of utmost importance. So uh, great advice.
0: Yeah, it was a game changer. So thank God he said it, because I try to instill that for anybody that's ever worked for me as well. Family and children first.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. All right. Lastly, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to share a few options with you. Just let me know which type are you, deep sea or outer space? Uh, Deep sea. Salty or sweet? Salty. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Pancakes or waffles?
0: oh geez
1: <laughs> waffles beach or mountain ah.
0: <laughs> beach but as someone who's listening to this right now he knows mountains the option too right. <laughs> <laughs> well you put it out there exactly it's out there comedy <laughs> or drama comedy
1: all right, that's it. We've done the quick four. Yeah. And I believe it deserves a wiggle and a dance. And you may definitely recognize this song because it is a This is my
0: song. Take my life.
1: Huh? So, yeah.
0: $10. $10. i am a horrible singer. Don't make me do this. <laughs> well, there you go. There's still a lot of fight left in me. Oh, that's right. There is. This is, this is what, if my, if people would hear me before a big meeting, I'm playing that um, to prepare myself for that. And if my daughter used to hear that as a little kid, she would say, Oh no, what's the meeting? What's happening? Right, and I right, was like, all right, she knew like something was about to be laid down. So Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: did, did she used to think, "Oh, it's trouble?" Or <laughs> it's No, it's she trouble. knew she knew that um yeah, like she was like, "You were uh, I'm going to put it out there and your son will probably be smiling. I hope But my daughter used to call me a hustler and I was like, what does that mean? Because I went to a guidance appointment um, and the guidance counselor asked me what my job was because my Mm -hmm. daughter told her that I was a hustler. Um, (laughs) some different connotations to that. Um, and I'm like, I work in business. This is my job. And, and so I asked my daughter, what did you intend from that? She goes, I just mean you work really hard. hard. So right. It's understanding the vernacular and, and what that means to other people. So yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. All right. Now it's time to get into the cheese and cracker of this conversation. I am so excited. Awesome Angela, can you imagine that I'm holding a pair of boxing gloves? Could you take these boxing gloves and yes. smash for me and not my face please, but some <laughs> kind of leadership myth, a bogus strategy or or a misconception and set the record straight once and for all?
0: I would love to. Are you ready? I've got this one. Um that you to be a great leader Um, that you have to lead without emotion is wrong. Um, I think to have yourself, your emotions in control um, is one thing. But I think, um, for example, with recently as we've all been heading and and we started to deal with COVID, I don't Mm. know if you remember seeing Arnie Sorensen, the CEO of Marriott International, um, giving perhaps one of the most heartfelt public Mm. messages to Mm. their guests, to his associates, while Mm. battling cancer. And so he came on with no hair, typically, he has hair, but but going through chemo.
1: Mm. Um,
0: And he epitomized that great leaders, regardless the size of the organization, can truly say, I don't know where we're going. But Mm. through his emotion, Mm. by seeing his genuine um, care, And, and also you could see how he was shaken by what Mm -hmm. we were all dealing with. Mm -hmm. So I punch, I punch leaders, if I Mm -hmm. may say that with these boxing gloves, don't lead like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I've, I've been very fortunate to work for some incredible leaders. Um, And I can tell you, just like we all could tell stories of our best teacher and probably our worst teacher throughout Mm -hmm. our academics. I Mm. can tell you my best boss and I can tell you my worst boss. And Mm. the worst boss was because I think someone told them they should not lead with emotion in Mm. any way. Mm. Um, And you just never felt like you really mattered.
1: Yeah. So what do you think are the consequences when you lead with no emotion? You know, for, for yourself and for your for your team?
0: Well, I think clearly, because I'm passionate about an employee engagement, I think you get employees that, that aren't engaged because they don't feel that they matter. Mm. Um, and clearly, we have to run our organizations according to the numbers and the business plan and the, and the goals and objectives. And, and, you know, there are shareholders but your employees mm. are your shareholders as well. And so um, I just truly believe that it's so important for people to know. And granted, you can't be crying all the time and things like that. But yeah. I think your team should know, man, just like Arnie Sorensen showing his level of emotion, um, care, concern, not having all the answers is just a genuine, transparent leader. And, and that is having that emotion. And if you don't, no one can really, I I believe you get false buy-in. I think you get people, minions Mm. that show up and punch the clock and want to get out of there. And I think as leaders, um, we are responsible to make people better. We are responsible to have fun Mm. places to work. And we're responsible to bring those things through the clarity of the mission and vision at which we lead every day. But it's got to be founded on heart.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, what's the point of you know? You you hear from people uh, you know everywhere that you know they 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 hate going to work. They don't want to go. You know, they hate their jobs for various reasons. Be it boss, be it the working. I mean, whatever. But obviously, the people responsible is the leadership who's who's not taking this seriously. That's and right. the consequences are sh- such that these people just, you know, y- they leave very quickly. So you've, y- you're you you constantly looking for replacements. It's exactly, you know, part of what
0: I do as a leader, um, Amber, every day is in, in my own business and anything and in my relationships as well Is I do a SWOT analysis mm. at the end of every day. Um, I think for type A's in particular, but for me, it just works really well to compartmentalize And so, what what are my strengths for the day? Um, I give myself credit. I I give myself credit. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm grateful. And then I talk about where was I weak? Um, Mm. Where could I improve, both personally and professionally? On opportunities for growth, where do I really? um, I don't want to say failed myself that day, but where were others? Where were there opportunities where I could have just done it differently or or left something better? And then on threats where did I threaten someone to not grow? And and that's not being just malicious person. It's as leaders, we are called to leave every situation better. Again, great leaders provide clarity of mission and vision. Everybody knows what, what the, the business plan is, and they move forward. Mm-hmm. But it's that day to day of watching people, your EQ, um, how can I make sure people are lifted up? And so through that SWOT analysis is how I just keep it really real um, and, and trying to always improve. So
1: Oh, Awesome. I'm going to ask you from what you have just mentioned uh, about how do you get the employees involved in um, uh, in what, sh- what you are trying to build. But just a quick side note, we are streaming to LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube simultaneously. If for some reason your LinkedIn stream plays up, you can always continue over at Facebook or YouTube would probably your best bet. And you can find my channel here at bit.ly forward slash spreading ideas with Amber Khan. All right, uh, Angela, let's get back to what you were um, talking about. And let's say people who are now, who are just, who are growing their companies, have maybe mm-hmm. just recently started and startup stage, and, and are now growing their teams, right? Yes. How can they make sure that they, from the, from the get going, that they build teams which look up to them, you know, uh, as a leader, that they feel inspired, they feel like this is the right place for me to, uh, to come and grow, It's an excellent question, and it's
0: and it's uh, I'm currently working for an organization I just engaged through my consultancy as an interim CEO for an incredible startup field experience. Yeah. Um, And and so that's interesting because it's critical to when it's a new environment or perhaps even a turnaround, which which Mm -hmm. I've worked at as well. Again, it's that definition of the business strategy in in the clarity of this is where we're headed. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very important with startups um, and the turnaround to ensure that although you have clarity of the business plan, that people really understand because you're asking a lot of people, you're asking them to work a lot of hours, typically, they're involved because they have passion for the mission and the vision. Mm. And that's great. But leaders have the responsibility to fill that gas tank every day. And what that is, is by showing gratitude, Mm. Um, clarity, of communication. So like always being very upfront and honest, even when you don't have the right answer, I found as a leader, that you actually gain greater respect from your employees. Nobody has all the right answers. No mm. one's perfect. Mm. It's it's raising your hand sooner. But with that startup um, is really putting that out there. And the other thing is, um, with startups in particular is they're running and gunning like here's this amazing idea and you've got the plan and you're asking people to engage and hit it hard, Mm. but you have to, in my opinion, Mm. um, great leaders respect those hours. And if you respect the working day, Mm. your employees will always give more, right? Look at us Mm. in our personal relationships. If someone Mm. fills our emotional gas tank They're Mm -hmm. going to keep giving it. And so Mm -hmm. I think when you look at, you know, you hear the past interviews of Steve Jobs and granted there were different emotion and all those Mm -hmm. things, but people never doubted their, their passion for getting it done. Um, and I think also really talking about where they're screwing up, but but keeping the business as running as straightforward as possible, although you're running quickly, can't be as Patrick Lencioni talks about the vortex of business, man, you can't set that up for the startup. I think there's a little bit of it just because of the culture or, the, mm-hmm. or that beginning stage of it but the leader's got to sit there every day and like no 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 let's keep moving here let's calmly keep this this going well cuz you're asking a lot of those teams
1: and how what's to look out for how could the leader know i guess in advance you know that something's gone wrong with the team or maybe some of them are not heading in the right direction maybe you know how how do, how can a leader That's take great. on these things before it actually happens? It's really great. I think to identify, um, you know, we
0: all come to work and we are we are compensated to do a job, right? Mm-hmm. And so, even though I talk about it's about your heart as a leader, the realities of work are we're paid to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. hope that people are emotionally invested, um, but I think with with the startup and you talk about that with that engagement, mm-hmm. everybody's going to mess up. Mm. But I think you really start amazing cultures by let's raise our hand. And mm. and any team that's ever worked for me will tell you all Ange wants from us mm. is to raise our hand. Like we've got a problem because the sooner you raise the hand, the faster mm. we can fix it. Right. Mm. The pivot occurs. So by acknowledging it, you have to build a safe work environment where people mm. know they can make mistakes. Because guess what? We're all human. Mm. But through that. They're going to come to that faster, but then letting it go. And that that for me is one thing where I've watched leaders really mess up um, because not letting things go. and, And if you deal with it and you all acknowledge it and you know that you're not going to redo that. You can't keep bringing it up. And that's personally or professionally because we, again, all are going to screw up. But to build trust in particular in startup environments, you've got to say, we have a problem. We fixed it. Did we learn from it? Let's go over it and then move along.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Matt says, um, I agree. Lead with heart. Every moment counts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, Dania has already become a big fan of yours. <laughs> he's seen <laughs> you on Sangram's um, uh, podcast as well. Yay! <laughs> and we're
0: going to work out together when I'm in London, buddy. Get okay. ready.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, let's start with, you know, um, could you share maybe the top three, let's say, mistakes that one can avoid um, when when leading a team? I know you've shared some already. Um But maybe maybe one, you know, one big one that you've seen everybody or a majority of the leaders make, which can be easily avoided.
0: Okay, here's one. Yeah. People established organizations will talk about their culture. And and I always find it very interesting because to really understand the culture. you know the the leader of the company has an inverted organization on their back. I just heard um, uh, Carol Tomei, the CEO of UPS, refer to this. She looks at yeah. every day. She carries that organization. So yeah. it's it's pointed. It's heavy. The yeah. leader's making those decisions for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, is but when it comes to people talking about well, we have this culture. Mm. I f- I find that interesting because if you ask those employees what yeah. is your culture and there's yeah. there's disparity in what that looks like. Mm. So so I really challenge leaders who believe they really have a steeped positive culture We've we've got to do different 360s or we've got to do different assessments that truly allow for the employees to speak into that. I mean, goodness gracious, we all go out to glass door now. Right. If you're looking at an opportunity, hopefully leaders are looking at that because that's that's truth. But why can we not true inclusion? in my opinion, is founded on transparency of the leaders. Mm. And so through that, you've got to be really willing to gut check yourself to say, what what is our culture? Is it really this? I've said it's this. It's it's on our wall and it's on our website, but is mm. it really it? And and I think that's one for me where I've seen some people that have some misses because they're not willing to hear some things that perhaps are uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I guess it makes sense. It's not easy to hear things which are uncomfortable, especially um, f- from leaders' point of view. They always want to be seen as that, you know, we know what's going on. We know everything, which obviously uh, is inherently <laughs> wrong in its <laughs> belief. But we um, <laughs> right. Right. don't know everything. Uh, and, and, and as you mentioned, the example of Marriott's EO, you know, that, uh, that, we don't, we don't have the answers, especially with what's happened uh, with, uh, you know, COVID hitting all the businesses and majority of the business leaders may not have all the answers, but being honest about it is where we start,
0: um,
1: right. is where we start from. So let's talk about, you know, in today's world where we're now, we're moving into the um, the remote work. How can you mm-hmm. lead virtually uh, as we move into this era of um, uh, remote working? It's really a great question, because
0: I think that um, a lot of organizations are missing out on development opportunities for Mm. their future leaders, which means do you have other people? You should have other people leading meetings. Mm. Um, You should have longer pauses because people aren't in the room. So you really can't see from here down is someone's foot shaking that typically was their towel. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the engagement perspective, I really look at there, there are some things that you can do um, for engagement and development that are quite easy. I just mentioned a couple of those. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I think to really start building programs where you build allies within the organization, I mm-hmm. think to make cross-functional mentoring relationships, mm-hmm. you've, you've got to build that web that people right now feel like I can't see it in the break room, I can't walk by a conference room and see that leadership team working. And so we've got to go the extra mile, in my opinion, as leaders, to build up cross functional cross company, if you've Mm. got some like minded companies, perhaps that are not in your vertical, where Mm. we just build, some relationships. And I think that's through, Amber, when you're doing something like this, the power of LinkedIn Live mm. is hugely important. And so I think there will be better ways and different ways that we will mm. continue to lever our communities
1: to mm. help them support our teams internally as well. Yeah, and and uh, in your opinion, they have to come from the leadership, right? They have to create those programs and bring everybody on board. Uh, Absolutely, as- yeah, yeah, and you know when. And the thing is, with the remote um,
0: communities or working environments, I know some people that are really struggling. I do. Mm. I am an executive coach, and so I know some leaders that are older that feel like this is mm-hmm. I, I can't do it, man. I need to see my employees, and I yeah. need to, and and I get that's tough. But but when I hear about phone lines, conference lines that are everybody has to dial into. So if they have questions, um, we've we've got to build trust as leaders and and we've got to know people are doing their jobs. This is where we're going to be. This Mm. the world has changed. I I never see it going back where everybody will be 100 percent. I just Mm. don't. Mm. And. And I think that we've got to think differently, but really stay engaged. We've got to have focus groups in our, in our um, organizations that are mm-hmm. younger. Um, we have employees that have grown up with this. Um, mm-hmm. I did not. And mm-hmm. so we've got to go to the experts mm-hmm. of, of living virtually yeah. and ask, how can we do this better?
1: I love the idea of focus groups. Um, I don't know why more companies aren't doing this, Um, uh, especially internally, as as you said, because there's like different generations uh, working together with with now Gen Z coming in um, into workforce um, and the millennials. And there's so let's talk about that. You know, how how do you deal with that intergenerational teams as a leader? How do you create it? Because, you know, baby boomers seem to not connect with millennials or Gen Z. So how, how do you get that cohesion going?
0: It's it's tough. Um, <laughs> right. Because I most I recently, prior to coming back into my own consultancy, um, had a board um, that was, you know, 70 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, And then myself, which when you turn 50, then you start to feel really old with with the younger employees. And then you're onboarding people that are 21. Mm. It's a significant gap. Mm. Um, But as the leader, you have the responsibility to manage up and bring the understanding of the climate. Um, And it's it is really extremely hard, in my opinion, for people in that particular generation to get you can trust your employees. Yeah. I also believe because I think our work weeks are going to dramatically change. And quite honestly, uh, I think that if you've grown up on technology, your whole entire life, you can multitask with the best of them and compress that work week. And so I think that we're going to have to look at not just being in virtual environments, but how we actually schedule our teams and let them run free with, as long as you have the defined KPIs and people are making their milestones, yeah. what's the problem? Yeah. Then I, it I just becomes fear of, con- of not having control, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. It's just the fear of letting go. That's what, That's, that's right. the problem. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. That's, that's where the pro- problem lies. Uh, so, okay. Could you share like a few benefits of creating a leadership legacy? Why is it important? Why should leaders even consider um, you know, you know, leaving a, such a legacy behind, and 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 what's and then we'll talk about what's involved in creating okay. such a legacy. I I
0: I think the reason that I believe leaving yeah. a legacy is so important is, gosh, without getting <laughs> emotional, <laughs> <laughs> I think that you were brought here. Sorry, no. to... Yeah leave this incredible footprint of just positive change behind every mm. one of us. Mm. Um, just as my consultancy group believes every person is the hero of their own story. Mm. And I'm an eternal optimist. I believe every person wants to be better. They just need the resources. Mm. Mm. So, so think if we shift people's mindset or democratize leadership Everybody's mm. leaders in our own home, in our own walk. Mm. Um, on days I don't see anyone, I still lead myself. Mm. And to take that and the importance of that, um, as a young woman in high school, I think it was actually in junior high, middle school, um, mm. I started to read about Mother Teresa mm. and 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 leaving wealth and and felt led and. Her legacy was so powerful in the fact that she did every worst job, the worst job, Mm. meaning caring for people that had been in the streets. There was a story of a gentleman that had worms that was eating through his body and she stayed with him to help him to the end of Mm. his passing. And and the women that were with her talked about we her greatness of leadership was mm. doing the things that we all deem to be the worst or most difficult mm. situation, and she mm. did it with peace. Mm. Um, and and so that legacy. I mean, look, like we talk about Mother Teresa, yeah. and she didn't she didn't run a Fortune 50, <laughs> right? Right. And yeah. and so. You know, that for me personally, that leadership legacy even as a mother. Um yeah. I I breathe life just as you breathe life into your son. And mm. and she will have the honor to watch me take my last breath. Mm. And so that legacy is truly what inspires me every day is how can I make the world better for this person that mm. I so honor meaning my daughter. And, mm. and I look at that same passion and adhere to that for every team I've ever led, um, mm. because, you know, they if you if you have a ripple effect, if you truly lead with the intention of mm. leaving positive legacy behind, it is how the ripple effect and that exponential mm. positivity can change the world. It's quite yeah. simple, right? It's just a multiplication.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's, it's leading with the right and positive intention. The ripple effect, as you mentioned, um, right. is, is just humongous. And that means that not just only means that it's your legacy, but it's, it's how it's impacting so many other lives and That's how right. they will end up also leaving a legacy um, uh, right. behind. So, so it, like you said, it multiplies. The effect is like 100 times over. That's right. Well, even let's go back to Arnie Sorensen, and I hopefully people
0: will go back and watch that video of him. Even with that, he didn't have all the answers, Mm. but because you just felt it was palpable that Mm. even though he didn't have all the answers, he Mm. was showing up and he promised he would continue to show up. And you never doubt that. Mm. So that's true legacy because people know I'm in and I'm Mm. not going anywhere.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, what, what can we say to people who may be, you know, because of what, you know, what's happened in 2020, they may have lost their mojo, they may have lost their confidence, and they may be questioning themselves right now. You know, am I a leader? Really do I'm not I'm not a CEO of a company. Um, you know, what can I be a leader? So what, what would you say to those people right now to, to get them going and believe in themselves that everyone is and can be a positive leader?
0: That's a great question. And the, I, what I have done very early on in my career, Amber, is, and personally as well, but I have a personal advisory board. Mm-hmm. And so I, if you've not built one and, mm-hmm. and people are listening to this and they're like, I doubt this, you're talking about someone having doubt, I challenge um, you to go out to people that I call the personal advisory board, but I also call them your confidence guardians. Right. And your confidence guardians are the people that at the end of the day, you could have had the worst day career personally, and they are going to say, I believe in you. Hmm. You know, I have my very best friends since I've been 13 years old, and we can call each other no matter what. Um, and it's, you've got this. Hmm. And, and to be most recently, you know, blessed Someone in in life that is, you got this, go do what you need to do. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are gifts. So I challenge people to, if you're doubting that, go to some people that you know
1: Mm -hmm. what you're
0: made of that will speak into you positively. Mm -hmm. Then I challenge you to build a personal advisory board that has some people in it to help you professionally, but also. Personally, um, Mm -hmm. a speaker that I've loved, uh, Andy Stanley talks about common denominators. You're the common denominator in every situation. But Mm. Andy always talks about if you see someone in your community or you see someone at your company that you're like, wow, I want to be like Amber, Mm. walk up to them and say, Amber, how Mm. did you do this? Mm. And, And say, give me three things. And so we're doing this right now. So they're going to go to someone that, that totally loves and cares for them, that will speak positively mm-hmm. to them. They're going to make that advisory board, that personal advisory board that has those confidence guardians in it. And then I challenge you to take the last 2020, all that's happened, and where did you give yourself some gratitude? Where did you thrive? Mm-hmm. I think most people can see some areas where they truly surprise themselves on making it happen. Mm. And and so start with where you thrived. And then what was what got you there? I'm mm. someone I talk about equations for everything and reverse engineering. So mm. start with the areas you've been thriving mm. and then start looking at other ways that you can build that into your career
1: or personally. Yeah, yeah. So I, I it kind of takes off, but I was going to ask you, like how do you cultivate attributes that can build uh, a leadership legacy um you've already shared a couple of them Anything you would uh, like to add to that um, I th- that I think that it's uh, the greatest thing for me
0: has been the self reflection and the really being as transparent with with myself i've I've been through a a decade of actually about 12 years now where, um, I've ripped myself apart internally to really figure out, you know, where was I making some of the same mistakes or same behaviors? Where were there some cycles that weren't healthy? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and by doing so clearly I do believe it's made me a better leader through that, that exercise of self actualization. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I challenge leaders as well, be vulnerable to go through that process. But I challenge you to also get your mind and diversify your thinking. Mm. If you would look at the books that I've read over the last, as I talk about the last two weeks, mm. diversity of thought works. If you look at McKenzie's report on women in the workplace, you know, organizations perform better if they have more diversity at board level, as well as their leadership level. It's just true. Mm. And and we need to, you know, we can go on that. It's hugely important. It's a must to get pay equality to have women of color at every decision making table. Mm. It's a must. Mm. So but on that development side of it, I challenge everyone start picking up books that you may not have always just been drawn to, but it's someone of a different belief. Um, mm. And and that's what my effort has been in particular in 2020 in particular. Yeah. Um, the book cast by Isabel Wilkerson has changed my life and um,
1: cast cast C-A-S-T-E. Oh. Okay. Oh, wow. I love that. You can just literally start off by read like what you said, read different, you know, books, books you would not have been drawn to or maybe podcast goes for goes the same. Maybe if you listen to podcasts you're not a reader, it's that's, same, right. that's where you start. Would you add anything else to that to you know, how could we go about diversifying your thinking? Um, A a really
0: great book that I challenge people to read on diversifying your thinking is The End of Average by Todd Rose, who works at Harvard. Um, And he has an awesome story. I think he was expelled from his first um, university, but talks about it. It's all about average. But then he dispels that myth. And so I cast also has some of those lead ins, but the importance of that diverse thinking um, as well. But but that one for me was like I had some real aha moments because, Mm -hmm. again, average is the construct of business, how how it's been set up and Mm -hmm. has worked. And Mm -hmm. I truly believe through virtual, I mean, remote learning or remote working, um, all of this. It's time for a shift. And Mm -hmm. the people that are resisting that, um, clearly, I think here we've seen it um, in the U.S. of people really resisting it. And I think if we would all function wherever you are, um, Mm -hmm. if we would all be okay and open to diverse thinking, I think we could get here. Um, yeah, I truly do. And again, it's that right. eternal optimus in me. But our organizations must have that um, on the business side of it. So every employee feels included, and every employee feels that they matter.
1: What do you think? Why is there resistance to such uh, diverse thinking? What, what causes that? Why, why are leaders so resistant towards diversifying their thinking? I'm talking on average that that's, you know, we are moving in in the right direction, but it's we're not there yet. I mean, I guess
0: for me, this is only in my opinion. I think it comes out of a fear, um, a scarcity mentality of of market share in the business, meaning position. And so, um, you know, I've had some people that I've worked with in the past that I was surprised with um, what one of my mentors uh, taught me the phrase sharp elbows is Mm. sharp elbows is someone that pushing everybody else out. Um, Um, And it really surprised me with this person. And so Mm -hmm. and all I could come to is that they felt scared that they were going to lose their position of influence or leadership and isn't that sad because see the leadership and that legacy is to develop everyone behind. Yeah. We have so- to remember not everybody wants to lead the Fortune 50. They don't. Yeah. 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 In the U- in the US the the average uh salary for the happiest people I think is $78,000.
1: Oh wow. So
0: and people can look that up right now. I think it's I think it's 78. Um, and and so there's an organization in Silicon Valley where uh, the CEO I'm b- drawing a blank and I just read this business case last week um, averaged out and he was bringing people in at like 78,000 entry yeah. level and that everybody yeah. else was like what the heck he has loyal employees. They've not lost people. They've developed people. Cause he said, why would we not hire and want our employees happy? So you ask about that. I think it's fierce. It's the scarcity mentality that has been created, um, Mm. which is sad. And again, why I think it's even more important for
1: inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I really like that idea about bringing people at the average happiness salary. Um, It's a credit card
0: company and I'll think of it here in a moment.
1: Yeah, that, that is, that is brilliant. This, we learn so much from research.
0: (laughs) And I, that's, that's the other great thing is I commit to that. uh, Where can I read more, read more, read more um, and find things, quick content. And again, with that personal advisory board, ask Mm. people that you trust, also to be sending you diverse pieces of information. And that Mm -hmm. just expands it, right? Because they're like, here, read this. I think it's really important. I spent Mm -hmm. two years of my life, Amber, where I made a commitment to myself through my vision quest, as I called it, sans the peyote, Mm -hmm. um, that if people would come up to me or say, you need to read this book, regardless Mm -hmm. of who it was, Mm -hmm. and if I would get something sent to me, I made myself read it, and it was fascinating. The collection that that I received in that time.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, definitely, reading only diversifies our thinking, like you said, and yeah. it's and it's good, uh, and when, especially when you read good books and and books that really can help us, um, you know, move a bit a step forward in, in the direction that we want to. Uh, Daniel is keenly listening to your. <laughs> to your interview and he goes there's never a dead end even during such times we live in now start with areas you're thriving in and then work on those areas I'm um, so proud of him <laughs> I
0: know what a great hey well done mom
1: <laughs> seriously <laughs> that's yeah. awesome all righty all right so um oh yeah let's talk about we've totally forgot about it. you mentioned when we were booking this live, that you are working on a book. Now, you know, don't keep us in surprise. What is it all about? And when is it- well, I'm
0: hoping I have commitments and I don't want to put those out there because I now have an assistant who sends me text if I've been writing um, and I don't want to tick her off. So, um I'm hoping to, by the end of June, to have everything complete. So it's been, I talk about that 12-year time frame. And I never really even thought about that until people would come to me and say, Angela, like, you're so resilient. Um, it, it, It all started 12 years ago, Amber. I walked in thinking I was being promoted to assistant dean at a university. I mean, I followed that career path. I got my MBA. I knew I wouldn't make it anything beyond that at a research-driven institution, but I was like, this is perfect. Um, And I walked in and suddenly surmised there was a woman at the table I didn't know. There was the dean. And then my entire division showed up and I went through a a reduction in force. And and so to go from thinking you're being promoted, looking Mm -hmm. at cars that weekend, thank God I did not buy one, and mm. then going in was just like, yeah. And, and so going through that, and then everybody was shocked, like, I can't believe you're not there. So it was mm. this moment. But mm. I levered my network, and it was the fi- the second worst financial crisis um, as far as 2009, 2008. And yeah. uh, I levered my network, and in 14 weeks, I had 141 interviews and appointments. And I had three job offers a, at the end of that. And, and people were just like, you've got to write about this. You've got to talk about this. And I'm mm. like, yeah, I don't know. Mm. That was just the beginning. Getting the mm. job and getting all the interviews, has mm. n- it, it was initially what people said. You've got to go out there and talk about it. you're a great connector. You're always caring. You always are trying to help people. But it, it was the beginning of the break of me mm. and the mm. break of the old me. And the self-actualization. And so what's happened now is it will be about that, but it's Mm. going to be even greater because it will be about the construct of corporate America I grew Mm. up in and I never questioned it, Amber. Mm. And so a lot of it we'll talk about situations I've dealt with that I didn't raise my hand. I mean, Thank God for the Me Too movement. Cause let me yeah. tell you, there are a lot of women in corporate America that didn't say anything. They didn't. Mm. And when mm. we and when you started seeing some of those things coming out, you were like, mm. okay, all right. And not just in that regard, but just accepting accepting the construct. Mm. And, and you just keep moving. And so I've I won't just keep moving which is mm-hmm. why I've been led to be in my own consultancy and do my own gig. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it, it's going to be about being fearless and it's going yeah. to, to raise questions. It's going to, um, it, in particular, the audiences, the call to action for women is look around and start being okay with yourself, but, but just yeah. don't start accepting everything. Quit accepting yeah. everything. Start yeah. asking why. Um, And it's really for corporate America, I talk about, in order to have pay equality, we must get women of color at every table. Women, let's, let's, it's not just about our DEI, those initiatives internally, get Mm. involved, don't talk about, we wonder why, why isn't the initiative gleaning the numbers that we'd like to see? Or why aren't we getting the diversity we'd like to see? Mm. Because in my opinion, we don't have buy in from the team members. Mm. And, and women in particular have got to clench each other's arms, mm. and regardless of diverse thinking, different political views, whatever that might be. And, and it doesn't mean eliminating men. Please hear me. It mm. doesn't. But mm. it means just supporting each other in a better, stronger way and asking questions.
1: Yeah. Angie says, uh, uh, yes, ask why and don't be afraid of change. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this was another thing I was, you know, which I was going to ask you about that you, you probably have, as you mentioned, have experienced in, in your work experience as well that, you know, when women get to the top, we we're all rooting for other women. We want them to succeed, right? But a lot of times they get up there and they feel like, well, it, it took me bloody ages to get here. You know, it was hard work. You know, I am shutting the door behind me. You know, instead of leaving it open for others to come through, well, wh- why is it? Why do you think we fee- Do is it the insecurities? Uh, you know, for for female leaders,
0: I don't don't you believe it's just the construct they've been raised in? Mm-hmm. And, and so and so, I think that fuels or can fuel the insecurity, and so that's why I the call to action is. Look, look at it, and and because I I don't want to say I was a drone. Because gosh, Amber, I think that I'm mm. in tune, and I'm always trying to improve, and I care about even mm. if I wasn't the top leader, I've always been caring about my teams. I've been a director since I've been 22 years old, so wow. I've had some form of management. Mm. Um, but it's it's being willing to look at it and put a different set of glasses on to say, wow. Because before we know it, we've become something potentially that it's just the environment we were in. Mm. And, and, and so there's the phrase, right? Iron sharpens iron. Think mm. about if you're living in that particular environment, it's mm. what you become and you wake up and you, you can't realize. And that's for me is the wake up moment. The awakening of that is what I will be challenging women to wake up and, and take a look at it. I'm not asking you to change your opinion. I'm not asking you to quit your job or do anything differently. Mm. I am challenging you to look at it realistically. And and what were those career junctures? What were those moments that changed you? Because Amber, I had a moment in my life, and I know the stoplight I was at in Atlanta, Georgia, where Mm. I called my mom and I said, I think I'm DOA. And my mom said, you're scaring me. And she goes, why are you saying that? I said, because I don't feel anything. And I was yeah. working 70 hour weeks. I was traveling every week. And mm. and I remember that day, her calling me every hour, like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. I'm okay. But yeah. how how do we get as human beings to a point where where mm. we think I don't have feeling left? So that leads back to the beginning of this, mm. when I talk about feeling for leaders and that emotion. Wow!
1: Well, all I can say is, Angela, you gotta, you gotta rush it up. You don't because we all need your book. Seriously, (laughs) (laughs) every single female leader, uh, you know, I'll do it here in the UK. (laughs) You, I will be there. Yeah, awesome book tour in 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 the UK. It will happen. It will happen. Yeah, because, I mean, definitely, we do need, um, like you said, uh, we do need to wear, you know, if we see it from a different pair of glasses, we will probably see a very different world. And it's a matter of um, accepting that we do need to wear a a different set of glasses to be able to uh, lead differently and positively so that uh, we do leave a legacy, a positive legacy behind us. So, um, Exactly. You, you know what, usually, Angela, towards the end of my interview, we do this, ch- the challenge thing, but you have already shared so many challenges, three to four. already. <laughs> I still <laughs> want to do the
0: last one because oh. we're on the last show of the year and New Year's Eve, but you lead out. Oh, yeah, Amber, it's your show. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, Daniel, Daniel, take your mom off camera. Now it's my show for the last eight minutes. I'm <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. All right, now it is that time of the interview for us, and you may be thinking, what is it? Gossip time or share the fun pickup lines time or tell an embarrassing joke time. Unfortunately, we are not that type of for sure. Well, not yet anyway. But not what it, <laughs> yes, but what it is time for is it's the forty-eight hour challenge time. So Angela this is where I ask you to share what is that one thing that our viewers and listeners can implement in the next 48 hours that doesn't cost them an arm and a leg or requires a large team to execute it. Okay. Are you ready? And I'm so glad
0: Angie's on here because I just texted her before the show on this. So oh. every, she takes it to the next level. The 48 hour challenge is what is your one word that will be your theme for 2021? wow and 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 you think of that and so I've been thinking about mine and so because of working on this book my word for 2021 is dauntless
1: dauntless so, yeah.
0: dauntless.
1: so think of one word that will be your theme for 2021 I love that right
0: and so when I referred to Angie earlier, who's watching this is yeah. she always wears her one word. She takes it to the next level and wears it on a bracelet, which you can go out there 20 bucks. Um, and so I've ordered mine now, cause I, I asked about it. And yeah. um, I always in my bathroom, you need to have your goals uh, listed or someplace that you're always seeing them because Harvard uh, did a study on this. So they had the group that had their goals posted for the year. They, that group achieved their goals at 76%.
1: The other
0: group was like at 43%. So there is something about the visualization of seeing the goals. The word needs to be, I will. So for me to be bold, which is dauntless to be dauntless about probably delivering a message that some people really aren't going to like. Um, and they'll be resistant to it is to just stay focused on the mission and the vision. And so I will be dauntless in 2021 and everything I do, I will love boldly, um, without fear. I will, um, you know, in every regard and I will lead positively and, and will have no fear.
1: Oh, wow. Awesome. I am going to take my time the next 40 hours thinking about mine and I shall message you what I come up with. (laughs) Well, how do we
0: make people accountable? So I'd like for us now to make sure people write on your LinkedIn. And -hmm. then when we repurpose this and people, other people view it, have them keep coming back to you and putting my name on there and let's see what
1: kind of power we can get from our, our connections. Oh, awesome. That'd be great. Which takes me back to where can people find you or follow your content? Where's the best place to do so? Um,
0: well, the website is currently uh, under construction and it's almost there. But the best thing right now is just Angela Robb, R-A-U-B on LinkedIn. And, but yeah. my website will be going live. Good there we go. Thank you.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, awesome. So yes, please follow Angela and her work, the awesome work that she's doing. And and tag her. Tag her when you do this challenge. Tag her on LinkedIn um, uh, and let us know how did you get along with it and what's your 2021 going to look like. Um, So that would be fantastic. All right. And I will all...
0: respond. I will respond. So if you send me a message that's in any way that I can help you, please give me time. But I think everybody that's an appropriate message, not you know some some of the weird stuff we get on LinkedIn um so if I will get back to you and and you matter and in just ways that
1: that I can be of assistance so oh awesome I'm I'm sure and 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 if you don't take Angela up on that you seriously you're missing out you know (laughs) thank you (laughs) Take, take that opportunity with both hands Um, For for those of us who joined us live today, thank you so much. I I heart you. I really do, because these lives wouldn't be fun without your support. Thank you, Angela, for joining me and sharing your genius and your fantabulous self with us today.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for uh, a blessing on the way out of this year and to your son. Um, It was beautiful to see the dynamic of the two of you together. And again, well done. Well done, mom.
1: Thank you. And, 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 and I hope that we get to do more of these in, in, in the coming year um, w- w- on various different topics and help as many other female leaders out there that we can. Absolutely. Let's make it happen.
0: Let's promise to do so. Okay. I'll Absolutely. see you on the flip side of new year. Oh,
1: awesome. Awesome. All right. All right. Take care. Thank you, You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast.